Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host timmy abbefe on vsan the Sports Betting Network. Great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe, alongside my man Michael Lombardi, who's on the road today. Michael, where are you at, buddy? Yeah. How are we doing? Uh- I am in Tucson, Arizona. I got an opportunity to come down here and spend some time with the University of Arizona, their football. They have a clinic today. Brian Billick is going to give a speech today. Mike Smith, the former head coach of the Falcons. Your man, Zach Taylor, will be presenting tomorrow. I'm looking forward to hearing him. And so, and I will. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Jed Fish has done a really good job of kind of getting this program back on track. And and they've got a player here, Jared DeLorean, who's a mm-hmm. little bit like Bryce Young Light. I mean, this kid kind of makes a lot of plays, uh, does some incredible things, and they just got to get better defensively, and and they can become uh, get out of the the cellar of the Pac-12. You know, they've overcome it. They won five games last year, so they're on the track. Yeah, Jaden DeLore, he started his college career at Washington State, so I'm a little yeah. familiar with him. There, he's he, yeah. he's he's an exciting player to watch. Uh, We'll see if the Wildcats can get that going later on this fall with college football season. But we're going to have a lot of fun over these next couple hours. Make sure to tweet at the show, at VEASAN Live on Twitter. You can find Michael at MLombardiNFL. You can find me at Femi Abebefe. Coming up, Michael Calbreeze, college basketball betting analyst over at the Action Network, will join us in 30 minutes. We have four more Sweet 16 games today. What's on Michael's betting card? We'll find out at 9.30. Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker at the South Point to start hour number two. What's the betting action looking like tonight over there? And any early interest on Saturday's Elite Eight games? And then... A good buddy of the show, Tate Frazier, host of the One Shining Podcast at The Ringer, checks in at 10.15. Tate is an old buddy of Michael's, and we'll get his thoughts on the tournament up until this point. Mike, I'm sure you're excited to have Tate Frazier on, man. Uh, you know, I really am. I was good. I did his pod this week after the uh, during the Sunday games, uh, like later in the Sunday games. So it was good to kind of be reunited with the Tate man. Uh, I enjoy him, and and now he's back with the Ringer. He's kind of back where we started. It was actually called GM Street then, but when we left the Ringer, we shifted to the Shuffle. So it's still the same. Uh, anyway, uh, but it's been great. It was good to talk to, to Tate man. He loves his college hoops. He's a North Carolina Tar Heel fan. 
So he'll have he'll have many opinions on this, I promise you. Well, let's start with college basketball here because yeah. what a night it was in college hoops. We had three really compelling games, two of which I thought were high-level hoops. And we'll start with the one that was here in Vegas, in the West region, the, re- the regional semifinal between Gonzaga and UCLA. The Gonzaga Bulldogs win at 79-76. They go ahead and win as a short favorite, about one-point favorite They closed here at Circa. Uh, Gonzaga, in the second half, really cranked it up. The pace was up. They outscored the Bruins 46-30 to as they go ahead and dance on to the Elite Eight tomorrow night. You know, I, I kind of I love watching the game. First of all, I, I, it was fun. And I, I give Gonzaga a lot of credit. I mean, they could have easily folded in the first half. And and Drew Timmy was really good. I mean, I thought he was, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what a pro he'll be. But the more you watch him play, he he kind of does things that help a team win. I don't know if he can do it at the next level. But, but I love their resolve. And I think all the heartbreaks that have happened to Gonzaga's program, I think manifested itself into this game and they fought their way back and UCLA's got a lot of Mick Cronin in them. They're such a tough minded team, but I think they just ran short. I think they ran out of gas. I I really do. I think that was unfortunate, but they just couldn't finish. And, you know, uh, they just didn't have enough juice at the end when it really mattered in that three point shot. Oh my God, Femi, I almost had a heart attack when I saw that go in. (laughs) How about that shot? So it's the same play. And they call it the Jay Wright play. Mark Few admitted this after the game in the postgame press conference. He said in the huddle, let's run the Jay Wright play. It's the play that Jay Wright called up in the Villanova, North Carolina National Championship game. I believe that was back in 2016 when Chris Jenkins makes the game-winning shot to win the national title. Same thing. Ball handler comes up, pitches it back to the guy. I mean, they, they were down one. And they checked up a 30-footer <laughs> to, to take the lead. I mean, it was unbelievable. And shout-out to Julian Strother, who, oh, by the way, grew up in Henderson down the road here from Circa. So he's Las Vegas' own Julian Strother making the biggest shot of his life in the biggest game of the season. I mean, it takes it takes brass, you know what, to be able to call that play. I mean, that how much has basketball changed where you call a 30-foot jumper <laughs> to kind of win the game for you. You know, like when I was, I'm so old when we were playing in in those old gyms with the wooden baskets, you know, that that if you shot a ball outside of 10 feet, you were going to get benched. I mean, think about that Femi for a moment, like how much guts does it take to call that and think that's a good percentage. But I mean, one thing we know is Gonzaga was dominating the board. So when it, when it went up there, if it didn't go in, there was probably a high probability that they were going to get the rebound. I mean, they had 50 rebounds in the game. Yeah, that that's crazy. And, and I think a lot of that goes to what you were talking about, how the Bruins were being shorthanded. I mean, they were already down their best defensive player, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, Jalen Clark. He got hurt in the Pac-12 tournament. And then Adem Bona, their big man, who they were going to use to kind of guard Drew Timmy. It's one of the reasons why he was able to find so much success. He was hurt as well. That was tweeted out by Jeff Goodman about a minute or so before tip-off. And that's how you saw the betting market kind of shift from UCLA, maybe a one-point favorite or pick them to Gonzaga now a one-point favorite. Just, get, just goes to show you how important he was to the dynamic of the game. So they were down two of their best defensive players, and yeah. it hurt them on the glass. I mean, 50-26 to 26 was the rebound edge. If you're going to lose a rebound edge like that, it's hard to win the game. No, it's impossible. And when Gonzaga was making their comeback, it was all off of second shots. I mean, UCLA couldn't buy a basket. And we saw Gonzaga miss, not shoot well from the three-point line. 
and still be able to get the ball back and make plays. I mean, they ended up shooting 37% from or 38% from the three point line, but the reality was that they were getting so many second looks. I mean, they had 16 offensive rebounds so, you know, it's, you can't win that way. I mean, it's a lot like football. If you can't control third and short in a football game, you're not going to win the game. And offensive rebounding is like third and short. You get those second chances. You keep drives alive. You keep possessions alive. And and that's what Gonzaga won and dominated the game on. Can we get Gonzaga UCLA every single year for the tournament? I mean, they, think they, about they, this. They, they don't. As Tate Frazier tweeted out, they deliver. It, they seem to deliver, don't they? It always delivers. I mean, you can go back to the Adam Morrison game when UCLA came back down 17 in the second half in that Sweet 16 contest. It was actually 17 years to the date last night of that game. And then, of course, two years ago, the Jalen Suggs Final Four shot at the buzzer in overtime which propelled Gonzaga to the national title game. And then we get last night I mean, when UCLA takes the lead late. I mean, cause we all thought with a minute left that, okay, Gonzaga is going to win this game. And then they start turning the ball over. They're giving up and ones to Hawkes. And all of a sudden UCLA takes the lead with 12 seconds to go after an Amari Bailey three pointer. I was like, Oh my gosh, did Gonzaga blow another one to UCLA yeah. <laughs> 17 and years later? A, and then they launch a 30 footer <laughs> to win it. Like, ooh, like where's this come from? Like, this is incredible, right? And they launch a 30 footer to win the game. I mean, it, it's just remarkable. So, I mean, Yaquez, I love watching him play that poor kid. He played 39 minutes mm-hmm. in the game. I mean, you know, and he missed some, I mean, he's probably today feels as bad as you can feel because he missed some really easy shots, but they weren't easy because he was exhausted. Yeah, no, he was exhausted, but a hell of a job by both teams. And it was another crazy game that we had yesterday in the sweet 16 oh. That was over at Madison Square Garden at the Mecca. Kansas How great State, is the garden Michigan when State. it's alive? Oh my! How gosh. great is the garden when it's, it's the, alive? It's I can't wait for I can't wait for Patino to bring his red storm in there and, and get that Big East kind of going with the garden. You know, like when I was growing up, I can remember being a scout with the 49ers in, in 1985. They sent me on the road. I, they sent me on the road to do a bunch of, of schools on the East coast. And, and I happened to be in Williamsburg, Virginia, going to bill and Mary. And I stayed at the, at the old Williamsburg Inn, and uh, naturally they did not have ESPN. (laughs) So, and George and, and St. John's was playing St. John's was playing Syracuse at that uh, on Monday night, you know? And so I had to go to a local pizza place that had, and it was hard to find ESPN because I grew up at Hofstra and that's when the big East was coming. That's when St. John's had Chris Mullen and Syracuse had the Pearl. And you know, that was all that. It was that embryonic stage of the big East where these players were Ewing at Georgetown. So it was incredible, incredible to, to see that. And that atmosphere last night at the garden made me reminisce about those times when it was really spectacular. Kansas state won the game 98, 93 in overtime, the first overtime game of the tournament which usually get one on the first day or the first round or so, but we had to wait until the Sweet 16, and the wait was well worth it. Marquise Noel from Harlem, New York City zone, 20 points, 19 assists, the most assists ever in NCAA tournament history. This kid continues to shine on the biggest stage. Uh, I, I I don't know what to say about him. I mean, you know, he was sensational, and, and I don't know. I saw you tweet it. 
that you didn't think the ball was tipped on that shot that he missed? Did you? Was that was? I couldn't tell. You were. Yeah, I couldn't I, tell. Well, well, I couldn't tell either, Michael, because I had a couple gin and tonics in me at the time. But then uh, oh. on, on the fourth review, I saw that. I saw that the ball was tipped. Okay, okay, Sherlock, you finally got your eyes in line. All right. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was tipped because the ball was. He missed it so badly. So poorly, that yeah. You, yeah, it was way left. I mean, it looked like a. Uh, you know, I hate to bring up this to the Buffalo fans, but it looked like the. You know, the kicker in the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. where he's shanked it to the left. I, I mean, so what well, I, I don't know what to say about Norrell. I loved him. I loved Kansas state in the game. Matty humans did too. You know, the, the betting public seemed to like Michigan state. It, I thought Michigan state played as well as they could play, but the, the difference was this. I mean, some of the passes he made were incredible Femi. They were just flat out incredible. Like his vision of the court is rare, 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 rare. Yeah, it, it really is just impressive stuff from Marquise Noel. I was on Michigan State last night just because I believed in this team to maybe make a surprise run to the Final Four. And I thought that they could be able to contain Noel a little bit because they did it against Marquette. Kolick, their best guard, didn't really have a good game. So I was like, All right, maybe they can kind of give Noel some problems. Uh, could not have been more wrong <laughs> with that analysis. Noel, 20 points, 19 assists. The first player to put up 15 points, 15 assists since 2019, back when John Morant did it with Murray State. So Marquise Noel in pretty good company. All right, we're just getting warmed up here on the Lombardi line. On the other side, we're going to talk from floor generals to quarterbacks. Lamar, Bryce Young, what's the latest from the pro days? This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get everything you need to bet the madness this year for only $19. Our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Only VSEN Pro subscribers get unlimited access to our daily best bets and tools like our exclusive betting splits. Sign up today to get the betting guides plus 
full access to VEASAN through the end of the tournament for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe hanging out with Michael Lombardi, who's on the road in Tucson, talking to the Arizona Wildcats football program. Uh, coming up in the next segment in 15 minutes, Michael Calbreeze, college basketball betting analyst over at the Action Network, will give us his plays for today in college hoops. So we'll table the college basketball discussion until then. Let's talk NFL. And yesterday yeah. afternoon, it was going on during, I think, the Sweet 16 games, or it might have been beforehand. But all of a sudden, this weird report came out about an NFL sending a full memo to teams about an individual. I will read this here because it's something that you got to read to believe. NFL sent a memo to all clubs letting them know that the NFLPA informed the league that a person by the name of Ken Francis, who is not an NFLPA certified agent, may be contacting teams and attempting to persuade team personnel to enter negotiations with quarterback Lamar Jackson. Now, you might be asking, who is Ken Francis? I asked the same thing as well. Tom Pellicero of the NFL Network had this for background on Ken Francis, saying he is a Florida man who most recently was pitching a home fitness invention, I'm told. He now is trying to negotiate a nine-figure contract with NFL teams who are being told they're not allowed to negotiate with him because he's not a certified agent. Lamar came out and said that he never tried to negotiate on his behalf. Michael, what do you make of this now, the latest chapter of this Lamar Jackson free agent saga? You know, I don't understand what Lamar has against agents. Like, I don't understand what he has against good representation. And I do think that you need it. I do think you need representation. And I don't understand why you would give someone with no experience, maybe the home gym allows you to have experience, but <laughs> someone with no experience, no background in the industry to make some of the most important decisions for the future of your life. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Look, I, I understand you don't want to pay 10%. You don't want to pay 5%. You may not want to pay 4%. You may not want to pay the going rate. But I'm sure there's a lot of guys that are really good at their craft that you could trust fully, that you could allow them to kind of take over this negotiation and get you set for life. Like, I don't understand Lamar's mindset or his mom's mindset in this. I know it must be based on a lack of trust, mm -hmm. but how do you trust Ken? How do you trust Ken that he knows what to do? You know, it's funny that they asked Springsteen when he first got started, he signed a record deal. Like most stupid young entertainers and performers, they signed stupid record deals. Billy Joel did it. Springsteen did it to a guy named Mike Appel. And once Born to Run came out, he realized he had given away his life. So he challenged the contract and he ended up going with a John Landau, who was a, a, a simply a, a, a reviewer. And he wrote for the Rolling, uh, Rolling Stone magazine. And they asked Springsteen, they said, why did you go with a guy that didn't have experience? He said, because I trusted him and, and you can't buy trust. Maybe that's where Lamar is, but you still need expertise. You still need expertise to understand that even though you trust this person, do they know what they're doing? I think that's the biggest concern. And I think you hit the nail on the head there with the trust factor. And my guess, I don't have any sort of inside information. Uh, I'm just trying to read the tea leaves just like everybody else. But my guess is that maybe this stems all the way back to the draft process where Lamar was going through the process and he heard 
some people say that, hey, maybe he should look at changing positions. Maybe he should do this. Maybe he should but not do that. some. I mean, and, yeah, Polian's still Polian, yeah. the, the Hall of Fame general manager, said he's a wide receiver. Yeah, and, you and know, nobody. You know, I mean, like, but that's not that's not Polian. That was Polian's opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, if he would have had an agent, if if I would have represented Lamar during that draft process, there, there was ways to offset what Polian said. There were ways to offset what Petrino was saying privately, but you got to know that you've got to know what's being told about you. And then you've got to resell it. I mean, look, Lee Steinberg's a salesman. I mean, you know, he's PT Barnum. He, you know, he convinced everybody that Tua was great and he had him throw the ball in an, in an arena league field. Like he's got power to sell. He's, you know, Jake Lockler. How is he a first round pick? You watched him up in Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, did you ever think this guy was an elite quarterback that's going to turn around a franchise? Of course not. It's all how you sell in marketing, you know? And so I, th- I think that's what Lamar missed. And that's why he had to sit in the room for 32 picks. Meanwhile, Trey Lance is playing at North Dakota state. It doesn't even play. And he goes third pick overall. Now, who's a better college player, <laughs> you know, like seriously, you need somebody to sell you. And I think he's paid a price for this, but he's stubborn in that sense. Yeah, I think he just doesn't trust people as a whole. And I think that's why I wrote what I wrote. I wrote, if you want to engage Lamar, then you need to fly to Florida. You need to have a day, two, three days and spend with them to build some form of trust because what you've got to convince him of this next contract's a partnership. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with lack of trust. It's about you and I are together on this. Like we are one. If you play well, our franchise will win. If you don't play well, our franchise won't win. So, you know, you're a team member, and I've got to believe in that, but there's got to be a sense of trust here. You know, Joe Montana to trusted Eddie DeBartolo. Tom Brady trusts Tom uh, Robert Kraft. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes trusts, you know, Clark Hunt. I mean, there's a, there's a, there, you're in a partnership. You're paying. You're the highest paid player. It's a partnership. We've seen other high-profile players. I mean, Lamar's current teammate Roquan Smith negotiated a deal without an agent. I know Richard Sherman, Bobby Wagner, those guys have worked without agents before. Have you ever gotten into negotiations with a player who had no representation? Yeah, you have. And it's very challenging because what you don't want to do is say something the player takes offensively. And you know me, I, I have a hard time curtailing what I think. So I, <laughs> so I'm not politically, yeah, I'm not politically <laughs> correct, you know, so I'll say what I think, but you have to be careful. So you have to have two people in the room. And then really what you really need is to urge a lawyer for on behalf of the player you're talking to that's in the room, not because you want him to object to the line of questioning, just because you want to make sure that it's within the legal lease and everything needs to be documented. It needs to be out written out so that it's documented. You know, when you go to every presidential library, you see all these enormous books because of all the documentation that had to occur when they're in office. That's essentially what you need to do is document everything. It just can't be, oh, I said this. No, you didn't. I missed it. No, no, it's got to be down because that builds trust. You're trying to create a trust environment. It's very challenging, and I think it's going to be hard. That's why if I'm Chris Ballard, I jump on a plane, I fly to Florida, I get some sun, and I spend a lot of time with Mama, and I spend a lot of time with Lamar and say, look, I think we have a great situation for you. I think this is perfect. I think we can work out a trade with the Ravens. I think you can be a, a, an Indianapolis Colt. You can adhere to the franchise history. You can be the next great Colt quarterback. But here's what we need to do. It really does feel like, and like the shield aspect of this is why I don't understand why Lamar's not hiring an agent because everything like the agent's purpose is to negotiate for you, but also to serve as that shield from stuff like this. We keep hearing so many of these weird negative stories about him and you never really hear Lamar's side until he himself 
has to tweet out saying, no, this is false. No, they offered me this. It just feels like this could be just avoided and it's completely unnecessary if you just did the simple thing of hiring an agent. I mean, I think I think Tom Pelissero is probably scared to tweet again because the Lamar is obviously following him and and, and sending some back. And, you know, he's got the notifications. I mean, but, turned I mean but you shouldn't have to play defense, Lamar. You should play yeah. offense. Yeah. You should play offense. You shouldn't have to react to the narrative. You should create the narrative. That's part of marketing. That's part of what you do. You have to be able to get your story out there. You're selling a story, mm-hmm. and I think that's really critically important. Real quick, we have a couple minutes left. Yesterday was Bryce Young's pro day. I don't know if you fired up the NFL Plus to take a look at what he was doing down there in Tuscaloosa. I did. You know, he made some nice throws. He looked like how Bryce Young typically looks. Uh, any buzz coming out of Tuscaloosa oh after what we saw yesterday? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got a bunch of texts from people. Like, I, I think people were surprised at how legitimate his arm is. I don't know why, but they were. I think when they saw it live, up close and personal, this is kids got an elite arm. I mean. I don't want to say it's Justin Herbert's arm, but it's better than a lot of these guys. It's better than Marcus Mariota's arm. I went to Marcus Mariota's workout after the Super Bowl in 2014, and I thought there's not enough here. He doesn't have enough of an arm. Like he's not going to drive the ball, and especially if he gets hurt, his lower body is going to be a problem. But to me, this kid demonstrated he's got the arm. He's got arm talent. He's like a great baseball pitcher who's undersized but can throw it throw a lot of heat. You know. And he gets it from his lower body. I, I get, you know, when I watch Noel play basketball, he has that instinct to pass when you can't really figure out why he made that pass. Mm-hmm. That's Bryce Young. He has an ability to make throws that you, you don't see. He sees. He sees the game completely. So, yeah, I thought he was really impressive. But I, I wasn't anticipating him not being Femi. I yeah. mean, this this environment was perfect for him. There's no contact. I, I laughed that he didn't weigh. Like people actually think the weighing's going to matter. It's the frame, <laughs> not the weight. It's the frame. It's like, can he hold on? You got to. He's going to get stronger. He's going to lift weights. You know, that's all the thing. People think Alabama's program; th- these players are ready-made. No, they're not. They need to get developed too. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people made it like, oh, wow, well, he didn't weigh in, and it's like, first of all, we knew he wasn't going to weigh in when he weighed in at the combine. I don't think that was surprising to anybody. But like you said, it's always all about the frame. At BetMGM right now, Bryce Young plus 250 to be the first Good overall I, I, I got to take it. I take some of your pizza money on that. Oh, look at that. All right. On the other side, Michael Calabrese of the Action Network will join us. Talk some college hoops here on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi. We're hanging out here on a Friday, Sweet 16 Friday here. And to help us break yeah. down the games coming up later on this afternoon and evening, we bring in our guy, Michael Calbreeze, college basketball betting analyst over at the Action Network. Michael, thank you for joining us, by the way, here on this Friday morning. Before we get into tonight's game, we got to recap last night. Sounds like you had a hell of a betting day here. What stood <laughs> out to you from watching basketball yesterday? 
Well, finally, I mean, I had been a little bit early with the Tennessee funeral. I said that Louisiana should wear all black warmups and the same with Duke. But then finally, <laughs> FAU catches fire in the second half. Listen, Tennessee came in as the number one three point defense in the country. But my co-host on the Big Bets on Campus podcast would be quick to point out the SEC was the worst three point shooting league in all of college basketball. So how much of that was the you know a factor of opponents not being able to make their open shots? as opposed to Tennessee really being a lockdown perimeter defense. You saw it in the second half, tons of open threes for FAU, and they made them pay. Yeah, I mean, that was one of those where the physicality of Tennessee didn't show up. You know, everybody was kind of betting on Tennessee to do the same thing to FAU that they were able to do in the last game and, and to Duke, and it didn't really show up. And, you know, it's a little bit like a boxing match. If you don't get on, if you don't lay on the ropes, you're not going to be able to use your physicality. And they danced and won with a three-pointer. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And you saw that with Golden, the FAU big. Early on in the game, he looked, you know, super soft. And it was as though Tennessee was going to be able to get whatever they wanted at the rim. But he played really well in the second half. I think that was an underrated part of their comeback. He was grabbing all the loose balls, rebounds. He was facilitating from the post. If he plays like that, this team is live to go to the Final Four. They were plus 470 to win the region before last night's game. This Owl team needs to be taken seriously to make an even deeper run. There you go. Our buddy Will Hill loves the uh, the foul oh, yeah. on the prowls. Yeah. FAU. Yeah. He's got him in his final four, so shout out to Will Hill, thinking that this FAU team can make a run here. We're speaking with Michael Calbreeze, college basketball betting analyst over at the Action Network. Let's turn our attention to tonight's games. You mentioned how you wanted to fade Tennessee out of the SEC. Well, the best team in that conference, the Alabama Crimson Tide, maybe the best team in the country. They're seven and a half point favorites against San Diego State later on today. Total 137 and a half. How do you see this game playing out? I think it's too many points. Hail Montezuma here. San Diego State is going to be a lot. It really starts with Brian Dutcher. He's one of the best game planners in all of college basketball. When he has four plus days to prepare, he hits and cashes tickets against the spread north of 60%. And also in terms of his play as an underdog, since 2018, he's won outright in 40% of those situations, which is top in the Mountain West and 27th nationally up against an Alabama team that we know what they want to do. They want to be able to shoot from long distance and get to the rim. San Diego State is effective in shutting down those two elements on the defensive ends. And when you look at what Alabama ran into this year in terms of elite defenses, they played UConn, they lost by 15. They played Tennessee, who, as I just mentioned, I'm not enamored with their offense. Tennessee won by nine. So there's a chance for elite defenses to really throw this Alabama offense off of its game. And because of that, I think it's going to come down to Matt Bradley, whether this is a San Diego State spread or an outright victory. Bradley is somebody they absolutely need to have score 20 plus in this one. He scored 23 against Arkansas in the Maui Invitational earlier in the year. So when he plays against athletic teams on the perimeter, he can fill it up. But this is an absolute must make moment for him. He's got to go full Noel from last night and put this team on his back. So uh, would you correlate this, Michael? So we've seen a lot of the under come in, obviously the Kansas State, Michigan State went to overtime, that over hit easily. But since the spread's so long and the under's kind of tight, would you correlate the spread and the under together? I would. I mean, you're going to see San Diego State try to absolutely throw the clamps on any transition, fast break buckets for Alabama, trying to make this an exclusive half-court game. And I would argue that during March Madness, because there's more reviews, there's TV timeouts, there's a better opportunity here for a slow team to win the pace war as opposed to a team trying to speed things up. 
And also Alabama's defense, I, I'll say something nice about the Crimson Tide. They've been <laughs> suffocating in, in the month of March. So there's a chance that they keep San Diego State, you know, around 60 points in this game as well. So I do think it'll be a low scoring affair. And if you go ahead and obviously parlay the spread and the total, you're looking at plus 265 on your money. I think that's a good investment to make. Well, Cinderella resides in New Jersey, as do all things here on the As Lombardi do all line. things, Jimmy. Get <laughs> yeah, that straight. Yeah, That's right. We have, we have Highway 9. <laughs> Whenever you have Highway 9, things go good for you. Trust me. <laughs> the Princeton Tigers dancing into the Sweet 16. They're taking on Creighton later on this evening out in Louisville, Kentucky. The Blue Jays, 10-point favorites, total 141. How are you kind of planning to play this game? So this one, I think the spread is very well calibrated. I see Creighton winning, you know, eight to 12 points in this game, somewhere in that window. So what I'm doing is I'm taking the Creighton money line and using it as a parlay Sweetener, tacking it on to all my other plays here on Friday night. Princeton's been a great story. I, I picked them to win the Ivy League. I ended up watching, you know, six or seven games in full down the stretch. Tosan Awoma is a point forward who facilitates everything for them. He's a great player. I hope he has a, a pro career. But I think this is the end of the Cinderella story for them because they're up against a Creighton team that through two games, they proved two things. They absolutely dominated NC State, got their bigs in foul trouble, which then allowed Kalkbrenner to eat. And then the second game against Baylor, who had a really weak interior defense, they score 86, 87 points in that game. They just attack, attack, attack. So regardless of what kind of basketball game this turns out to be, whether it's a little bit slower into Princeton's pace or if Creighton's able to speed things up, I think they can win any kind of game against the Ivy League champs here. So I like them to win, but I do think the point spread is perfectly calibrated. You know, you mentioned Dutcher being a great coach at San Diego State. Laranega at Miami is sensational, right? And took George Mason as far as they did. And now he's got this Miami program, which we once thought was a football program, but now we might think it's a basketball program. He goes against Samson tonight. What, what's your feeling on this game? Since the second half that Houston played, I thought was sensational. Can they carry that over to the next game? Larinaga scares the hell out of me, to be honest, because when you look at the chemistry of his team, his backcourt, he's got three guys who can go for 15 plus. Norchad O'Meara was one of the best gets in the transfer portal in all of college basketball in the offseason. He's that high energy, dive on the floor, get every rebound, Dennis Rodman type of player for the Canes. But when you look at Miami's defensive metrics, it's just hard to talk yourself into an outright upset here. They're in the 200s in effective field goal percentage defense against a Samson team that makes great adjustments in game. And really, I think it just comes down to Sasser's overall health. That groin could flare up at any point. So that's why this is a pass for me. I just don't have the confidence to see Houston winning going away unless he plays 30-plus minutes. I know that Sheed is certainly capable of scoring more. I actually love his player prop over 13 points in this game for that reason. But overall, they need Sasser to play and play effectively to be the juggernaut that they can be. And that's why I'm keeping my, my money on the sidelines for this one. And Marcus Sasser told reporters yesterday that he feels 90%. So we'll see if he plays more minutes than he did in the second round against Auburn, where he actually played pretty well despite the groin injury. So if you have Alabama getting bounced out like in San Diego State on the money line, are you all in on Houston to cut down the nets? Or is there another team that you're sort of eyeing to ultimately win the national championship? I actually love Texas in that region and Texas to go all the way. They had such great chemistry winning the Big 12 tournament, smacking around Kansas and essentially back-to-back -back games to end their regular season in the conference tournament. The issue here for me is that I was always a little bit worried in terms of their rebounding and how they could play in the front court. They had the bodies, but they just weren't putting it on tape. 
Then all of a sudden, here comes Dylan DeSue playing his best basketball at the exact right time. And the Xavier matchup, it can be scary because Xavier can get out and transition. They can score a lot of points. But much like the Miami Hurricanes, their defense is just horrific. And I think Texas is going to run through them like a hot knife through butter. Ooh. And then, it'd be, in my opinion, an all-Texas regional final. And that should be an absolute classic. But I do think that Texas has more on the offensive ends. You have to keep in mind, even though Houston's looked good in the first two games of the tournament thus far, when you go back to their battles with Memphis, when they play more athletic teams with athletic guards, they are susceptible to scoring lulls. And I think Texas is going to be able to take advantage of that. You know, I think Texas is kind of getting overlooked. I really do. I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I think they're getting overlooked. I mean, the change of coaches, their team, their, their mental toughness to be able to endure what they have during the season, losing their coach and then rallying back with the new coach. I think they're an undertold story, and I think Xavier's going to have a really hard time with them tonight. I, I really do. I, I think they're good, and I, and I could easily see them being cut, cutting down the nets and winning this whole damn thing. One thing I love about Texas, even though they are mediocre on the glass, they're top 15 nationally in turnover margin. So that means they don't turn the ball over. They protect it. They don't let you get into your running game, which Xavier needs. And then on the other side of things, they can turn opponents over. Their perimeter defense, I think, has gotten better as the season's gone on. And not just a great name, a great player, Serge Jabari Rice. Man, he really is the straw that stirs the drink for UT. When he gets going from three-point range, this is an offensive wag. Just can't stop. Oh, that's excellent analysis from our buddy Michael Calabrese, Thank college you, Michael. basketball betting analyst over at the Action Network. Check out all of his work. Michael, good luck with all the bets. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Awesome stuff there from Michael Calabrese. On the other side, would you rather? We'll play it NFL edition next here on the Lombardi Line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
There's no better time to hit the court for some exciting action in college basketball. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code VSIN1000 and place your first bet on March matchups. If your wager loses, you'll still receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. Find out why March is the most magical month in sports and take your shot at thrilling tournament wins. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense reminds you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Michael Lombardi out in Tucson right now on the road doing the show. We appreciate the time as always. Um, Michael, we had in the last segment, Michael Calbreeze college basketball betting analyst over at the Action Network. He likes a lot. He likes San Diego State on the money line. That is spicy. I love that. Ooh. He's rocking that, with Stormy's the Stormy's going to be happy to hear that. Stormy was yes. in the same – Stormy was like a Jet fan yesterday. She just wanted <laughs> oh, everybody no. to tell her that everything's going to be okay for San Diego State. <laughs> she just was in therapy. She just wanted every guest to say, it's going to be okay. We're going to be so – you're going to be fine. Don't worry. So mm. uh, she would have loved to hear Michael Crowd. I'm so disappointed she didn't. I'm going to have to text her and tell her. But uh, look – uh, everybody is faith in the coach. I think coaching matters, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I think we saw it yesterday with, uh, with Izzo. I mean, you know, his team as Matt human said on our show yesterday, they didn't have that final four look at all in the big 10 tournament. And yet they were able to come in here and play. And with four days and five days to prepare, you know, that really helps a coach, especially when you have a lot of players that are willing to buy in and do what it takes to win. I, I, I thought that that's really the key as you move forward. And that's one of the things I think when you look at this tournament, these older teams have a better chance because they're, they get what it takes to win, right? They get, they understand the elements of winning and they do what you need to do. Yeah, no, I think that's really well said. And, and that's one of the, what put me on to Izzo and, and Sparty, but unfortunately, they ran into Marquise Noel and, and that Kansas State team, which, I mean, yeah. that's a phenomenal story. Pick to finish last in the Big 12. Now they're in the Elite Eight, one win away from making the Final Four. Really good stuff from Jerome Tang and that coaching staff. I mean, think about Tang. I mean, the guy's never been in a head coach before. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. Know, and he's and he goes and builds this team, which is, you know, there's, you know, I mean, Muss is getting all these five stars from little from all over the country. And there's a guy down at Little Rock, Norrell, who's better than all these five stars. I mean, who would you rather have Nick Smith or Norrell? I mean, seriously, like, like, you know, these guys get these labels of five stars and they don't go away. I mean, I know, the, you know, there's a promotional aspect. And I think the other thing we don't see, you know, because there's nobody attached to it's the Wizard of Oz theory, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's the all powerful Oz because he's behind the curtain. We don't really know who he is. Well, these services, whether it's pro football focus or who gives the stars, nobody knows who's doing the grading. So there's no credit. So the, the, the person grading doesn't have credibility where if I grade Bryce Young, somebody will say Lombardi. Well, you you know, you drafted your Marcus Russell. Well, that's not true, but they link that to me. Right. <laughs> so you have no clue. Right. Like there's no name attached to the evaluation. So it shines this bright light like it's the Wizard of Oz, all powerful Oz, you know, and, and then you watch the player play. 
and your mind is shifted to, oh, he's a five-star. Well, really, he's not. I mean, he didn't play like a five-star. Norrell's a five-star, but I didn't think some of the Arkansas players play like five-stars. Yeah, well, Arkansas went away last night. They lost to UConn uh, in, in a blowout fashion. That game never really close after about five minutes. And No, it wasn't close when they went on that 12-0 run, I think. You know, and, and, and UConn, give Danny Hurley credit. I mean, his team's tough-minded, and, they, and they're good, and he's turned that program around. I mean, even though, you know, it was going and then it went south, but – Look, I think maturity and physicality is something we tend to overlook. And I think we get caught up into this, these stars, you know, I mean, Kentucky hasn't won a championship, what, since 12, yep. haven't been to the sweet 16 since 19, who does a better job recruiting than them? Nobody. But I, I think the dynamic of college basketball is backwards. I think all these, I mean, look, coach K had all these five, he had, had a Bonchero last year. You know, and they didn't win at all. I mean, it's hard if you don't have players that play together for a long time. Mm-hmm. You, you need the nucleus. And every now and then you want a little bit of mix of a five-star NBA talent. But the, the core nucleus needs to be guys who have been there for a couple of years, I think, to ultimately win the national title. But, Mike, let's transition from college basketball and spend the last five and a half minutes of our number one talking NFL. And we'll do a little NFL edition of Would You Rather. These are bets that you can get over at our show sponsor, BetMGM. And they're in different markets, but the question is, which ticket would you rather have as we sit here in March in the offseason? And our first one, this is a fun one. Would you rather bet Joe Burrow plus 650 to win MVP or Micah Parsons at the same price to win Defensive Player of the Year? Oh, well, that's a tough one. You know, Burrow's got a lot of competition between Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, you know, uh, for the uh, MVP of the league. That's a that's a hard one to get. I certainly would put money on Burrow, but I would probably take Parsons, especially considering I think Dallas's secondary's improved. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to, you know, as he gets closer to that that contract. I think he's going to continue to have lights out and I think he's going to continue to develop. And look, we know this about the NFC East. Nobody repeats, right? So if Dallas is going to win the East, it's going to be because Parsons dominates, not to the level of say, everybody thinks Lawrence Taylor, but close. Yeah. I think Dallas is going to have a phenomenal defense this upcoming season. You mentioned the secondary, the pass rush, they're getting the band back together. Dan Quinn returns after we all thought he was going to leave for a head coaching job. I like Michael Parsons. I think he should be the favorite. I think he is the favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year. But at plus 650, even that price is kind of short for right now in March. That's what I would do. I would bet Michael Parsons to win Defensive Player of the Year because I honestly think he's the best defensive player in all of football. Our next one, a couple divisions. Would you rather bet the Jacksonville Jaguars at minus 150 to win the AFC South or Chiefs minus 150 to win the AFC West? I'm going to take the Chiefs here because I do think the Chiefs are still the best team. I'm not sure. You know, the thing that I'm always concerned about, and I think Jacksonville was a great story, is when you go from good to great, can you go from good to great? And that I think the challenge is going to be for Detroit, good to great. The Giants, can they go from, well, I don't even think they were good. I think they were average to average to great. Can Jacksonville continue? And on paper, it looks so easy, right? Tennessee looks like they're in transition. You know, Houston is a, is looks like a complete mess, continue to be, and Indianapolis doesn't have a quarterback. So it's easy to say Indy should win the South. However, you know, we know strange things happen, and we know anything could happen in the NFL. But to me, Kansas City improving with Taylor at left tackle over Orlando Brown, I think to me they've made their team better, and I, and I do think that they're going to be the hard team to beat because of Mahomes. And I don't think they'll have that – that that lack of edge that most teams that win a Super Bowl do possess. 
All right, we're, we're agreeing way too much because I agree with you. Kansas City minus 150. After doubting Kansas City all of last year, I'm done doubting. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Chiefs bandwagon. Mahomes is the best in the league. This next one, though, spicy. Would you rather bet Tua Tungavailoa to win MVP <laughs> at 14 to 1 or would you rather bet the New York Jets to win the Super Bowl at 14 to 1? I think I take the Jets here. I, I I don't think, you know, I'm concerned about Tua's durability. I mean, this is, I'll take the lesser of two evils here. So I'll take the Jets. You know, I know you have the MVP ticket for Tua. I see it in your pocket every day. I know you have a Tua t-shirt, Tua jersey. You have it all. I know that. But I, I'm not sold that he's going to play 17 games. I'm not sold that he's going to be able to stay healthy and still dominate. And so, you know, I, I think to me, the Jets, eventually will get Aaron Rodgers. And so I'll take the lesser of two here. I'll go J E T S jets, jets, jets. So, so I don't want to hear anything from any of these people that say, I don't like the jets. I just took them at 14 to one for you. <laughs> well, you know where I'm going, Michael, give me oh, two, give me yeah, two, sure 14 sure to one. To. Why wouldn't you? You probably double down on that. You probably have your girlfriend come in and bet it for you. You probably have all your family bet it for you. It's unbelievable. And my reasoning for Tua is that, I would rather bet on a regular season market than a postseason market. Now, hear me out, because I just said I'm done doubting Kansas City. So the Jets are going to eventually have to roll through Arrowhead Stadium to probably go ahead and win the Super Bowl. I don't want to deal with that, so I'm going to put them off to the side. And Miami, they do. If Tua can stay healthy, I know that is a big if, probably the biggest if in the entire league. If he can stay healthy, Miami has the upside to have an explosive offense. They brought in Jalen Ramsey. Maybe the defense can be better. Vic Fangio, one of the best defensive minds. Miami has the, the pieces to have a really good regular season. If they have a good regular season, Tua puts up numbers. Why can't he win MVP? I like to can't wait to see what their what their winter schedule is going to be like. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. I want to see where they are in December. I've, I put a request. I, I put in a request to get the Jets, Dolphins, and Patriots games in Miami in December. Oh, we'll do those ones did. early. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah. Of course you did. Let's flip-flop it. Let's have let's have Buffalo come down to the heat in December, and we'll spend Christmas in South Beach. That, that sounds a lot better than that, going that out works. to Buffalo. That works. For, that, that's what they need. <laughs> All right. That does it for hour number one on the other side. We begin hour number two with our buddy Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker over at the South Point, talking all things college hoops here on the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 